It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, we are here to talk about the last movie of our Cohen month of November 2019, and that is Raising Arizona. Um, if you've never listened to the show before, uh, Corey and I started this podcast about three years ago to make sure we were watching at least one new movie every week, or at least one of us was watching one new movie every single week, um, because we got in a bad habit of just rewatching our favorites. And this pushes us to make us reach out and look for new things and a lot of times tackle stuff that we've always wanted to finish. Like with Raising Arizona, I have now seen the entire Conan, uh, Conan, Cohen filmography. Um, but uh, before we get into our review of Raising Arizona, we just like to catch up, talk about what's been going on, and then get into what else we've been watching before uh, we discuss the movie of the week. So Corey, how you been? You know, I'm fine. It's really chilly. It's actually in the 40s, which isn't that mm. chilly. Like, I still just wear a denim jacket if I wear one at all. Um, <laughs> but um, it's really humid today, so it feels really cold. And we had a high wind advisory. And supposedly, Tuesday through Thursday, how convenient, we're su- we are supposed to have a winter storm. Mm. But now looking at my phone, it doesn't look like there's a lot of precipitation because it's supposed to be snow. Um, And I'm afraid of losing power because a lot of us have lost power around here in Boise lately. Mm. I don't know. If I told you a couple weeks ago, I had to go into the office because my electricity just went out in the middle of the day. And it was exciting if my electricity goes out i can't work so i had to like because i work online you know um (laughs) yeah i had to like haul tail into work and then that was stressful and yeah and then a few days later like three thousand people lost uh power in boise so i'm just really worried that that might happen because it's it's cold and also i like electricity yeah yeah, I mean, you have a fireplace, you know? though, right? No. Really? No, I don't oh, have man. one. I would want... We like, had... That would be a requirement for me if I lived in cold weather, because I really like fireplaces. It just doesn't make sense so much in Florida. Yeah. Um, but I, I very much enjoy a fireplace. I mean, but then there's, like, the cleaning and upkeep and all that stuff. We had one in our apartment, and we legit never used it, so... I would... I mean, Not I don't even know. once. I, I get that there's a... Cleaning would be a problem for sure. But ah, here in Florida, Corey, we have uh, the need for AC like you have up there. Um, and our AC broke uh, this week. <sighs> um, we've been fighting with it for a couple of years. We've been kind of anticipating it would probably happen. Um, apparently, though, we got very lucky because it happened badly. Uh, something inside of it like exploded, I guess. Um, Holy shiitake, that's right. And then started a fire uh, inside of it. Oh. And... Um, I don't think it was ever as bad as it could have been, but Kathy turned the air back on like the next morning, not knowing that that had happened, mind you, um, and just smelled like burning. And so she turned it off and called the fire department just in case. Um, and the fire department was like, yeah, you know, it's okay. But, uh, the AC guy, when he looked at it and opened it up, he's like, yeah, you made the right call. Cause it, if it had still been running, it would have probably ignited. Um, 
so uh, well, that was expensive. Um, and then as if to uh, kick me while down, I went to uh, reheat our dinner uh, the next day. Like no. I made um, taco meat um, and I was reheating the taco meat. We were just going to do leftover like nachos and I was doing taco salad. And uh, I put it in the microwave. Microwave's working. You know, about I, I think I put it in for like three minutes. I took it out halfway to stir it, put it back in. The timer starts counting down, but there's no microwave noise. You know, the light doesn't come on. I'm like, um, no. And so I, like, I opened it and tried again. I was like, come on. So then, yeah, our microwave popped the next day. So I was like, okay, well, great. Um, so I did get a new microwave, which is pretty nice. And we got brand new air conditioning, which is very nice. Uh, our air has never been as nice as it is right now. Like every room in the house is like oh. super cool. And even like, we, usually we were keeping the air at like 72. Um, and it was just like barely cool. And it, it could usually not keep up with that, mind you. But now like we've got it running at like 76 and it's like cool in the house, even when it says 70, like the temperature, I understand how temperatures work and I get that that shouldn't be a thing, but I think cause the air is actually cooling the entire house as opposed to like the living room. Um, yeah. it's, uh, you know, cause I mean, it's, we had air in all the rooms, but it didn't feel like it, uh, for the most part, especially during the day. And now it does. So it's very nice. Um, and it's getting cool. Uh, today, this morning it was like 40 degrees. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was 50 degrees, but, um, we went to ice today. Uh, cause Kathy and I are both off. We usually go on Thanksgiving. That's been our family tradition for like the last four or five years. Um, but Kathy has to work on Thanksgiving. Oh. Um, like the whole day, basically, I think she goes in at like one or two. And so, um, because of that, uh, we opted to move it to today cause we were both off. And so we got to go see a uh, polar express themed ice. Nice. And we've posted some pictures at, uh, at Instagram. If you already follow me at Burke reviews, you can see those pictures, of course. Um, but we had some, uh, some fun. Uh, I know, I don't think I could live in like that cold because i think it's like zero degrees or something in the room Mm -mm. where the ice is but i do enjoy it for that time that i'm in there and they do give you like a really heavy parka too so like it it, your body's not so cold your hands get real cold like especially because i'm not i don't think to bring gloves and um your face gets a little cold but uh overall i I enjoy the the time that i'm in there and seeing all the cool statues and sculptures it was busier today than i had anticipated um usually thanksgiving's like it's moderately busy but not packed uh but i guess monday of first day of thanksgiving break super packed so and the traffic on i4 was a nightmare today uh horrible horrible but then we went to red robin i don't know if you've ever been to red robin Corey, but I'm i'm a big fan of red robin um especially since i've been dieting because they have a lot of options like oh do they oh yeah you know like red robin do you know have you ever been to red robin i have and i was not impressed really um, yeah, you must not like good burgers, but uh, I no. love delicious burgers. I didn't think their burgers were too good, and their fries are oh, disgusting. The, oh my god, I don't agree with either I of those. Hate, I don't. Red Robin I hate steak her. fries. What? Steak yeah, fries I are phenomenal. Nope. But more importantly, Red Robin steak fries are unlimited, which yeah was great when I was. Can do no, you're right. But you know what else they have <laughs> unlimited? What, salad. Like, well, yes, actually, you can get a, a, a house salad on the side, and that's unlimited. Or my preference, steamed broccoli, unlimited. Like they'll I just keep bringing you broccoli. Um, they should advertise that because you all, know what all I mean. All of their sides are bottomless, so like whatever size I, they, 
I almost got Corey. I almost got, but I was, I felt, I, Kathy really wanted onion rings. Uh, like the, they have a small onion, onion ring rings. thing. It was like six onion rings. Um, instead of like the big tower of onion rings, it was like a smaller version of that. And I agreed I would eat three onion rings and that would be like my bad thing. Um, and so I got, uh, broccoli here's my side, but they have zucchini fries now. I don't even know what that is. I just know I love zucchini. I love zucchini. And I was yeah. totally going to get zucchini fries. It, there's an upgrade fee for that one. But um, they have yuca fries. They have steak fries. They have sweet potato fries. And they have zucchini fries now, which, again, you I know, don't know what that is. But yuca is very low carb. So I don't know. Yes, I was exactly going to try that. It's still because it's all fried. It's still it. bad in calories. And that's why I didn't. Yeah, get, I got the broccoli, which is only 30 calories. And I had so much broccoli. Um, and I also I put, when they bring me their broccoli, they have the fry seasoning on the table and I put a little bit of the fry seasoning on it. Cause it's just like, it's just like dry seasoning. There's no nothing in it kind of thing. And it's yeah. super tasty. Um, but then for my burger, I got their, uh, they had like a spicy jalapeno burger thing. I'm really into spice now. Um, I can't handle it, mind you, but I really like it a lot. And it's, uh, but I got it wedgie style. So that's just a lettuce wrap. That's what they call it though. It was wedgie style. And Oh, Corey, I ate, I ate good tonight, is all I'm saying. Like, the onion rings were bad, but I I felt like I was eating really... Oh, and instead of a burger, I got the grilled chicken patty, too. So, like, I went very, very low calorie on my actual meal because I had the three onion rings with Kathy. Uh, but, so, like, I went unlimited broccoli and a wedgie-wrapped grilled chicken sandwich with, like... F there were fried jalapeno coins on it, so that was, like, the worst part of it, but even that's not that bad. Um, and it was delicious, Uh. But I really like their their wedgie style burgers, and then Taylor because they also have a, a really good gluten free option like menu. Like, um, they have if you tell them you're gluten free, according to their website, they like pull out the red carpet and like go all out and make sure your food is taken care of. We've not witnessed that, but um, they have a separate fryer for their tortilla chips, which means that they are gluten free. Um, cause that's usually where, where restaurants go wrong with the tortilla chips. The tortilla chips themselves are gluten free, but they fry them in the same fryer. They do like their oh, chicken yeah. strips. And so for like someone with celiac, it's cross contaminated and it's bad. Um, so th they have their own fr a fryer exclusively for chips. So she gets the spinach and artichoke dip, uh, mm -hmm. like app. That's like Taylor's favorite thing. Um, oddly. And then, uh, she, they have for no. five bucks, an unlimited house salad. So basically you're paying for the side salad. Oh, she ate one, though, so I was like, unlimited, my butt. Um, but it was it was good eats for all. Uh, we had a good dinner, because we were out all day, because we went to uh, ICE, and then we went to the Florida Mall, and we were there for way too long. Um, and then we went to Red Robin for dinner, and just that's where, when you text me uh, that about recording earlier, I was like, uh, I'm not home yet. Uh, we were uh, we just hadn't even talked about it, we and did not. I just feel so off-kilter this week, mm. and I went out both days of the weekend and i just don't like to do that guys i i need to be home a day i just don't feel i get you and that like day off on thursday that's coming i just i don't know and i was well, like holy hell bill we're like i'm in there cooking dinner want to go for a walk you know well before Glad we get into uh, yeah, right before we get into our uh what we've been watching um when we were at the mall uh we went to think geek which is a company owned oh. by gamestop and, um, you know, I, I tried not to, be, I have not been buying pop vinyls as frequently, although recently it seems like that's not the case, but for a while I'd been avoiding buying pops, trying not to, you know, cause they're easy to get like sucked into where you're just buying them too much. Every single one. Yeah. Cause yeah. they release them all the time too. Yes, they do. And they always like, I, I bought recently a uh, Dottie from a league of their own. 
um, because I love that movie and it's really cool because she's in her catcher's mask and stuff. And then I got uh, Santa from the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen movie, because um, I love that movie and I like Christmas. Um, and then I also got a lot. This is I said, like, I haven't been buying. This is all within the last two months. But um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, they released the new Mr. Rogers. So I had to get that one because he's holding Daniel Tiger as well. And um, but today we we're at Think Geek and they had buy two, get one free. And I wasn't going to buy one. But uh, they had Daria, you know, from Daria. And Taylor and I are both big, big, big Daria fans. And, um, you know, we we had decided, no, no, we won't buy it. And it was fit. There are 15 bucks at Think Geek, which is a little high because like books a million sells them for like 11, I think. Um, and so I was like, 15 is kind of high. But then I went to Amazon to see um, if you could get the Daria one somewhere else because it was like a, you know, SD Comic Con or some, some, you know, random like one off and uh amazon had them for 30 bucks holy shit talk. so like they're they're not easy to come by so i was like okay never mind we, we have to get daria because it's it's a good deal um they didn't have jane they don't have jane I, that's the same exact thing i said when she handed me the box i immediately flipped the back to see if they had jane and they didn't and it's only daria and i'm like i need trent in the van yeah, I was about to say Trent. Like and, and you need Jane. the whole. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I'm very happy to have Daria. I, I think it's great they did did that figure, but, um, but then because it was buy two get one free, uh, I got a gift for a, a potential listener, so I can't say what it is in case they were listening before I give them the gift, and then um. Kathy paid for. Uh, I've been wanting this for a while, but it's the firehouse from Ghostbusters, and then Vankman covered in uh marshmallow from fighting uh stay puff <laughs> i've wanted that one for about six months or so i think it's been out it's like 20 it's one of the bigger ones so it's like 24 but um she bought me that as an early christmas present although technically it's i think packed away so i don't have it yet but i know it's there so i need to nerd for a second well not even nerd but just because you look at them more often than i do and i feel like you go more places than i do you have a better market there like i just have boise gotcha gotcha um, if you ever find the Thomas Sharp from Crimson Ple- Peak, please. Okay. Please, because they're like $30 somewhere online. Oh, wow. I'll try to check uh, my, my... We actually have a pop shop, essentially. Oh. Um, it's named after the Back to the Future's uh, Arcade 80s. Um, and uh, they... It's it's more than just pops. They do vintage like video games and stuff, too. But it is... He has an extensive collection of pops. Um and he does like pop trading and stuff, so I can mm-hmm. talk to him. Um, good guy too. Uh, yeah, I don't. Listeners, wanna... if you're in the area, arcade eighties, check him out. Want to spend a million dollars? But like, I could get Edith Cushing and then the Mother Ghost. You know, those mm-hmm. are easier to find. But um, is that the Thomas Hiddleston character? Or yes. Tom Hiddleston? I don't know why I called him Thomas. We're very formal. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Sir Thomas. Yeah, it's fine. Well, um, you want to get into what we've been watching? Yeah. You going first or second? I'll go first. Alrighty. Okay, so I kind of talked about it because we recorded early so that I could go, uh, but Bill and I went and saw Doctor Sleep for the second time. Ah, yes. And loved it just as much. Um, and then I rewatched Hold the Dark. Uh, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. I'm just trying to work up the courage to tweet at him. I was going to message him on Twitter, but he doesn't have a button for me to just directly mes- message him. Yeah. So I'm still trying to work up that courage. But he has liked at least two of my tweets, but I think maybe like three. So I 
feel like maybe I'm on my way to being on the cool list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched for the first time Ginger Snaps. Oh, I've wanted to watch that. I've heard that's good. I mean, it's an interesting take on werewolf lore. Uh, hmm. I mean, I didn't hate it. I I feel watch it. it they have all three of them on Prime. Oh, really? Okay. Because there's like Ginger ginger snaps and then ginger snaps back and then yeah one that's like the beginning which is a prequel but it shows that those two were released the same year of 2004 but i'm not sure about that i haven't looked into it but i would oh sorry i would check out the other ones um yeah and then i watched (laughs) first thing i've watched on disney plus and i totally wasn't thinking idiot uh doug oh i loved Doug. But Nickelodeon Doug. That's Yes, the exactly. I wasn't yeah. even thinking and I turned it on and I'm like, oh my god, this is when it just went to heck. It's so bad. And Bill's like, it's the Disney Doug and I was like, Well, we should have thought about it because there's a Nick there's a Nickelodeon streaming service, so of course it's Disney Doug. Yeah. Well yeah, well, because Netflix is trying to deal with Nickelodeon to like compete with Disney Plus, so I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up on Netflix soon. Oh, I thought that Nickelodeon was having their own streaming. I think they're trying to team up with Nick- with Netflix. That's oh, what because okay. they've had like they did a, a Rockham's Modern Life movie yes, recently, which I've not watched Invader yet. Invader Zim. But, and Invader Zim, yep. Um, so they've already started collaborating with Nickelodeon. So I would love to see that happen. Um, although. Nickelodeon's owned by Universal, I think, and so Universal would have to team up with Netflix, and that's, I don't know, I don't know if that'll happen, but, um, fair, um, all right, so, um, oh, I'm sorry, was there anything else? No, that's it. Okay, because I didn't watch a lot this week myself, that's why I thought you were done. Um, I saw The Good Liar, which is the, uh, Ian McKellum and, um, Helen Mirren film, uh, I was kind of bored, um. It kind of looks boring. Yeah, I thought it could be exciting or at least entertaining, and it, it just didn't click for me. And it, I did go – I was a little tired when I went, and that didn't help. And I, I did not fall asleep, but I know that if I closed my eyes, I could have fallen asleep. Not to the detriment of the film. That's just from my, you know, busy schedule. Um, but it, it just – there's like a, a series of twists that I found to be very, very contrived and, and – almost hard to buy into even within the world of the film and it just kind of more annoyed me than anything um but then i think i saw my favorite movie of the year oh um i got to go see a beautiful day in the neighborhood yeah and i loved it so much um i don't know that everyone will love it but for me who i uh, admittedly unabashedly a fred rogers fanatic at this point i think he is my hero um i strive to be more like him uh as especially as a uh, educator um i want to instill that sense of of hope and genuine um i i love with my students like that they know without any hesitation that i care about their well-being and and them as individuals you know and um i'm obviously i love tom hanks um, I will say, uh, I didn't realize, I or I had forgotten who the director was, Mariel Heller. Um, and so far, I am a huge fan of her, because she's only directed three films. Uh, the Diary of a Teenage Girl, which I liked a whole lot, even though it's a very tough watch. If you haven't seen that, Corey, Kristen Wiig is the mother in that movie. Um, oh, I've seen that with yeah. Alexander Skarsgård. Correct. I really like that movie. It's very tough. 
it's a, it's got some it deals with some crazy stuff but i think it's really well executed i love the animation stuff she builds into the story um and then last year she did uh, can you ever forgive me with melissa mccarthy that i absolutely loved was that the one where she stole stuff she's uh, kind of or, yeah. well she's, she's forging yes um She's writing letters and then saying they they were famous authors' letters. So, yeah, she's forging signatures and stuff and selling fakes um, based on a real person, Lee Israel. That was good. It was very, very good. And Richard yeah, E. Grant in that movie was super good. And um, this movie uh, follows in that same structure. She uses some of the similar visual styles she in, employed in – not the same, but in that hybrid kind of technique. She's not – afraid to, to do things outside the box it is not a normal biopic um i would say it is not a movie featuring fred rogers as the lead he is a important figure in the film and his his presence uh is in every essence of this film every fiber of it is is without a it shows you who fred rogers was um i was so 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 into it um I I can't even stress enough how much I love this movie. I cannot wait to own it. Um, I'm probably going to see it again in the theater. Um, I, I was so overly... I was so worried it was not going to live up to my own hope of it being great. Um, and not only did I love it from the second I saw it, but I, I the more I've sat and thought about it and contemplated the movie, the more I'm, I'm convinced it is my favorite film of 2019. Um, I, I would be very surprised if something can push it off of that um it just it, it's a movie for me uh, and for fred rogers fanatics um for sure so um it, as soon as you get to see it Corey, you got to see it and then uh i watched raising arizona of course which we're going to talk about momentarily and then i watched on disney plus um the newest episode of the mandalorian the only current tv series that i'm actively watching um Oh, no, and I lied. I've also caught up with uh, Silicon Valley every episode for the last season so far. Um, I love both of those shows. Uh, Silicon Valley has yet to disappoint. I've been a fan from the first season. Um, I know I got you to watch it at some point, I, I believe, right? Yeah, I think I watched the first two seasons. I, I love that show. Camille just cracks me up, and Martin Starr is so Martin good. Martin Starr. Thomas Middleditch is perfect on that show. I don't like him in everything else he's been in. Um, I don't dislike him either. He's done like he's great in Zombieland. Double tap for the scene or two he gets, but um, great might be a strong word. He's good in that. Um, I liked him in uh, the Bronze, and I I actually did watch a movie. Um, one of the random screeners that I get. Um, I think it was called Tangled. That doesn't sound right. It's something like that. Um, where like it, uh, the the box art, the text of it is like a piece of yarn tangled up together. Um. I, I enjoyed that movie more than I would have expected. Um, so he's not a bad actor. I like him. And the guy that plays Jared, whose name I always forget, but um, he was in, he was my favorite part of the Ghostbuster, uh, Paul Feig, Paul Feig movie, Paul Feig, Paul Feig. Um, no, Kevin Feige, Paul, the Paul Feig. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, he was my favorite part of that. And he's, he, he pops up in some random stuff. He was on the office too. He was Gabe on the office. I think I called him Gabe. <laughs> Yeah. Or Gabe. Yeah, he's not Gabe <laughs> the new HR Valley. guy. But yeah, I really like him on, on Silicon Valley. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I love the show, and this last season's been really good so far. Um, and Mandalorian, Jon Favreau uh, has created a great Star Wars entry. Um, totally loving what's happening in it. The third episode is super good. Um, 
Also, I, I don't know if you've have you seen any of the Mandalorian? No. So it's on Disney Plus. Um, it is a Disney Plus exclusive, and uh, have you seen like the memes going around? Because they is there's... it the Baby Yoda? It is the Baby Yoda. Oh my god! <laughs> Get out of here! Oh my god! So cute. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever heard you speaking that pitch. Before. Yeah, it's not a pitch that like warranted in most cases, but man, Baby Yoda is adorable. Um, and uh, to be fair, they have not confirmed his connection to Yoda at all. Uh, the only thing we know is that he is only the third um, character of that species that we've witnessed in Star Wars history. Um, there's Yoda. I forget the girl Yoda, but there's a girl Yoda in something. I don't remember for sure even what. I just know she exists. And then uh, now this character that seems likely to be somehow connected to actual Yoda. But how is the question? The timeline, from my understanding, is this is after Return of the Jedi, but not long after Return of the Jedi. Um, and that definitely is confirmed time wise, uh, timeline-wise because there's talk about the Empire being you know, dissolved and there's no First Order yet. So um, it's right after you know, the rebels win and Jedi, but, um, I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, there's, I think there's supposed to be eight episodes in season one. So we're on three so far. I, I kind of like that Disney's making me wait a week. Um, especially cause I don't like to commit to TV series. And if all of them were out, I would have already watched all eight of them. And so giving me that time where I can just kind of throw it on and that's, I am watching it as like a background experience. Like I'm doing other stuff while I'm watching it, but it, it does pull me in and I end up paying more attention to it than I mean to, but, but that's what I've been watching. Um, nothing else, right, Corey? No. Then I think it's time we talk Raising Arizona. Um, Raising Arizona came out in 1987. I was five years old when this movie came out. Um, the plot synopsis on IMDb reads when a childless couple of an ex-con and ex-cop decide to help themselves to one of another family's quintuplets, their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. That's a lot of aided. Um, Medical score of 68, 7.3 IMDb. User score stars Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, Trey Wilson, John Goodman, Will William Forsythe, and Sam McMurray. Francis McDormand is in like one scene and that was disappointing. I can't... Uh, skip over Randall Tex Cobb or TJ Cunn. Randall Tex Cobb is uh, the guy on the motorcycle and TJ Cunn is Nathan Jr., the little baby. Um, Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote, wrote and directed. Um, I've never seen this, and you had never seen this as well, right? Um, I had as a kid, but I can't remember how old I was, who I watched it with, or any of that. Like I remembered some of the scenes, but ah. I didn't really remember it. And I actually, I've never watched it uh, at all, I don't believe, but I did know some of the scenes just through, like, clips and whatnot throughout, you know, film. Um, and just to clarify, too, I'm looking at uh, the Joel Cohen's director filmography. The only films I have not seen are the two that are in production right now, The Zebra-Striped Hearse and Macbeth. Um, and then there are two films where they did not direct the entire film, but they directed a vignette in the film. Um Paris Jetame, I don't know how to say it because it's in French, um, which I own but have not watched yet. But again, I don't count that because it's not a full feature that they directed. And then another one called uh, To Each His Own Cinema, which is, again, a bunch of directors did small shorts. Uh, in fact, that one is a collective film of 33 shorts 
Um, so there's a lot of different films. So again, I don't count that as their filmography. So I've seen all of the films they've directed um, officially now outside of those two vignette ones and the two that are not available for anybody to see just yet. So I'm proud. Uh, that's another director's first. No, it's not the first duo because I've seen all the Wachowski films. Um, but uh, no, I have not. I've never seen Bound because it, it is like impossible to get for the Wachowskis. Um, but I have seen like all of Wes Anderson's movies. I've seen all of, uh, uh, Tarantino's films. Those are pretty easy to knock out because there's not that many. Um, but I, I like working through filmographies when I can. I've seen all of Michael Mann's films. Thanks to blank check. I've seen all of Hao Miyazaki's films, uh, also because of blank check. Um, and I, uh, I can honestly say having now seen all the Cohen films, um, that I think I enjoy all of them to some degree. Um, I don't think there's a film that I absolutely don't like. Uh, I think intolerable cruelty is not one I'll probably revisit. And I don't think I'll revisit the lady killers. Um, I kind of want to revisit Hudsucker Proxy already just because I love Jennifer Jason Lee in it so much. Um, like a lot. I just really enjoyed how her character was pulling those old school characters. Um, and then uh, I don't know where Raising Arizona falls in the overall filmography right now. I think that's something I'm going to end up doing is trying to rank the Cohen films. Um, uh, so look on Letterbox listeners if you want to see my ranking of the Cohen films. Um, but. I still think it's, this is lower on my list on my first viewing because I I wasn't expecting it to be so rapid fire with the humor. Like it, it doesn't really let up. It's just constantly trying. It's so big. It, it is. It's big. It's wow. Wild. It's it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Right. It feels like modern day Nicolas Cage in a lot of ways like that. He's over the top. It's big. It's it's crazy. Um, Holly Hunter is always great. Uh, I, I thought she would be a bigger role in the movie it's really more of a Nicolas Cage film um with Holly getting some good scenes but not being the prominent you know protagonist by any means um it still has their signature crime element which I expected because it's got the dark sense of humor um John Goodman is I think there the, my favorite scene in the movie is probably Goodman's uh, which I won't say what just yet because it could be considered a spoiler but uh, there's a scene he gets that I just was dying laughing um, because of him. I just Goodman just cracks me up. Um, I think there's some heart in this movie though. Uh, I, I like the uh, the that element of it for sure. Um, and I think maybe there's some interesting commentary that could be picked apart if I watched it again, uh, which is something I like about the Coens is that they can do a comedy like this and still have like substance and it not just be completely devoid of meaning. Um, which I wouldn't expect anything else from a Cohen brother role. Cause I do think that one of the things they do so well with their films is they have things to say and they just find fun ways to say them. And, um, you won't always agree with them. Uh, but I tend to at least appreciate what they're saying. If I don't always agree with what they're saying. So I, I ultimately like raising Arizona. Um, I don't think it's in my top five of Cohen's, uh, by any means. Um, but I, I do want to rewatch it. I feel like uh, it's a movie that will benefit from multiple rewatching, um, especially picking up the cadence. Uh, it's one of the things I've watched. I've taught Groundhog's Day um, a few times, and it's a film that, for the most part, I've noticed a lot of people don't get all of the the lines of dialogue are jokes. Like they're missing 
so much of Groundhog's Day's humor because Bill Murray is deadpan and he's hitting like everything he says is ultimately a joke. But because he says it so dry and, and uh, off, a lot of people are just it's just going over their heads. I've watched like students just not get amazing jokes after amazing jokes from that movie. And I kind of felt that way with Raising Arizona. I was like, wait, I think I just missed like five things that were supposed to be jokes, but I wasn't thinking of them as jokes at the moment. Um, but there were other scenes where I did pick up on it, but I feel like the cadence was faster than I was expecting. So I, I, I do plan to, uh, to give this a second watch, but, um, what were your thoughts? Um, I can totally agree with that. Um, cause I feel like they're, I don't want to say that they're trying to smush a lot of movie into the, a lot of time, but there is no downtime that it doesn't really like stop ever and it's right at like an hour and a half i believe yeah it is it's a uh hour and 34 minutes and that's with credits it's probably exactly an hour and a half okay um i mean i don't know if i want to watch it again i think there are other movies i like better that i would rather watch again um and i also agree that I mean, you've seen more of their movies than I have, but when I, you know, I just think that they've made some really great movies that, like, hit all of my emotions ah. and are so, I don't know, like... Uh, well, let's, let's pause for a yeah. second and let's dive into a, a Corey I, preference. What is your relationship uh, with Nicolas Cage as an as audience member? I don't really know. I mean... I'm now he's just a joke. Well, I mean, is there a Sorry. performance of his that you really like? Um, uh, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I oh. don't really. Well, I mean, I have mean, you seen any of his movies? I saw Face Off when I was like, yep, an infant. Yeah. I um, was, also, I have not watched that as an adult. Um, so I, I don't. I remember liking it as a kid, but I think I only saw it once. So uh, I'm looking through his you know, his filmography right now, because he's never been, even like growing up there, he wasn't even with my dad or my mom, you know, mm -hmm. wasn't anyone that anybody tried. I know you like, like kick ass and yeah, but even like his role in kick ass, he's already like at that point he'd become kind of a joke. Um, and he, but he's also channeling Adam West in like a really weird way. Um, so I, I also, that kind of clicked for me. Um, but I actually, my favorite part of Kick-Ass is Hit Girl uh, with Chloe Grace. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of his movies uh, in the 90s. I would say I was kind of... I But two of his biggest films I've not seen, um, Adaptation and Matchstick... Well, I don't know if Matchstick Men's a big one, but it's got Sam Rockwell in it, so it's been on my radar for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But we did watch Moonstruck on the podcast, um, which he's also big he's and kind pretty, of crazy in. He's funny in it, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Moonstruck. I was so surprised how much I loved that movie. Uh, and then, um, oh, I just I just lost it. I liked um, Gone in 60 Seconds, but I haven't seen that in mm -hmm. five million years. And, of course, you watched that because of Giovanni Ribisi, which yeah. is his brother in that movie. And oh. also, Angelina Jolie, she used to be cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. I also, I thought, I thought that I've never seen the original gone in 60 seconds, but I actually like that Nicolas Cage movie. That was a movie I went into kind of, I think I watched on like regular TV the first time and I did enjoy it. I'm not going to sit and say, Oh, it's an amazing masterpiece of film, but there, 
I don't know. I liked it when I saw it. And the the few times I've rewatched clips of it, I still enjoy it. Like, I don't think it's perfect or anything, but I, I thought it was better than it got a lot of credit for. Um, he is a, you know, I need to see Adaptation, though. That's a movie, um, it's a Charlie Kaufman film about Charlie Kaufman. Oh, well, God, and City of Angels. Oh, yeah, God. I haven't seen that since I was a kid, and I... <laughs> All Iris. I know from that anymore is um, Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Um, Iris oh, has been played out. Um, Dizzy up the girl, man. Oh, man. But um, so I guess that's kind of my point. Because I, I feel like this movie embodies Cage in a lot of ways. His kind of manic, you know, oddity of his persona is so heavy in this film. Um, and... In the right role, I enjoy that performance. I like him here. Um, I do like Cage in a lot of movies, uh, but then, like, last year, Mandy was, like, super popular, and everyone was raving Every... about it. Everyone loves it, and you I, didn't. I did not. Um, Matt and didn't I have it in my, I have it in my queue, but I haven't... In fact, I think if I'm remembering correctly, Matt, Sean, and I hated it, and that does not happen often for the three of us to agree on something like that, especially Whoa. to be so contrarian to the populace. Um, or at least to the film critic populace. Uh, that was a movie people were raving about. It's very artistic, like artsy horror. And I don't know if that's just not my sensibility for horror, but it's also zany and crazy. Uh, like it, it moments felt like it was trying to be evil dead and no, 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 it just can't to me like that. Evil dead is Bruce Campbell. I'm all over like Nick Cage. I'm like, okay, yeah, but um, he's obviously had a really long stint of bad movies. He's still doing a lot of like the B uh, action movies and stuff that come out uh, straight to DVD and things like that. Um, it's not he's not someone whose name attached to a film in modern day is a is a sign of quality usually, right? Um, even though yeah. he is related to uh, the Coppolas, um, he is a cousin to Sophia and like a. I guess it would be a nephew to um, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, I always forget that. Yeah, it's such a weird detail, um, especially you know for him to have gone with Cage instead of Coppola because his last name was Coppola. Um, but so I guess my point is if if he's not someone who you generally click with, especially his earlier stuff, I could see this movie immediately not working because he is it's manic and it's big, uh, two Cage qualities. Um, so Corey, not, not loving, uh, not hating it. I enjoyed it. I, I do feel like, uh, I keep hearing from people that I generally agree with, or at least I like their opinions on films kind of rave about this film. It's, I think part of the reason why I want to rewatch it. Um, but I think it's time we get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about raising Arizona in great detail. You have been warned. Okay. Can you guess what my favorite moment of the movie was? I mentioned it was a John Goodman scene. Uh, is it when they're coming out of the mud? At yes, the... when they're coming out of the mud. Um, <laughs> one, because it reminds me so much of the end of Barton Fink when he goes crazy in the hallway. Um, oh, word. And like him just kind of screaming and like, ah, and it's very much like a birthing scene, especially because uh, they're kidnapping Ugh. the baby while that's happening kind of thing. So it's like there is a symbolism there, I think. Um uh, I mean, shouldn't I don't care if it's storming. If you're like breaking out of prison, shouldn't you be quiet? Yes, but that's the I, the humor of it, I guess. Is like 
everyone's really bad at their jobs. Because uh, <laughs> even think like Nicolas Cage is a criminal who keeps getting arrested. So he's not good at being a criminal. No. Holly Hunter is a police officer who falls in love with one of her criminals <laughs> who keeps coming into the prison. Um, those two guys break out of jail, but ultimately end up going back to jail because, you know, it's their thing. Um, like no one's in the bounty hunter. He finds them, but then he's beaten by a guy who's not good at being a criminal. You know, um, think of the cops uh, that we see that there's that really funny, long chase sequence. That's probably my actual favorite part of the movie, though, was the chase sequence over the diapers when he like tries to rob oh, the diapers geez. and she leaves him and goes driving and then like the cops the cops start shooting way too fast um like they show up and they're like firing the guy's hanging out of the car and shooting out of the car it's the and, 80s yeah um it's you know just no no fear of killing innocents or anything it's just like whatever um and uh you know it's fine um that's that's whatever but i uh i really appreciated um that whole sequence because it's i love that it ends with him like scooping the diapers out of off yeah. the ground um got yeah. what he came for he got what he needed uh but you know like again he's not good at his his quote-unquote job um i, don't I know. thought that francis mcdormand was so funny though because i feel like i've never seen her in a role like this yes i almost didn't recognize her um no i'm like wait a minute no way um because the hair and she's she's being more feminine than she often is and obnoxious yes uh, oh my god and i wanted to tie all 27 of their kids up oh and man. you don't need any more children you can't handle the ones that you have yeah no um and that that actor scott mcmurray is her husband um he's in a bunch of stuff he's always kind of the a-hole uh bad guy character when he shows up and stuff um i i like him though and he's funny in this um he can't tell a joke to save his life and when he finally goes too far and uh, offers to, like, wife swap. Oh, man. I, that was my favorite moment for Cage's character just because he finally, like, has, like, backbone. And, like, you see that um, he has a strong moral fiber underneath the bad things that he keeps doing. You know, like, that he has this sense of right and wrong. Um, and, man, that guy crosses the line and he's like, nope, not okay. Um how what happened i'm so naive but i'm like how do you even say that to someone oh yeah no i i i saw it coming in the movie though when he started Did like you? yeah yeah because i was like oh he's gonna try to wife swap um just the way he was saying things i was like uh oh this guy has misconstrued what he was saying um but i didn't oh. know uh how nick cage would uh react to it but I, I that was like the right reaction I think you know like him getting so mad and worked up over it and you know popping him in the face despite it being his boss well, uh, yeah I I thought that uh so a I mean just because somebody else has five kids and you can't have any and they say their hands are full I mean I think that most people are good at you know, uh, even though they have these ideas, they're good at keeping them under wraps and not actually following through with them. Yeah. But I think that just showing, I guess, how sad she was and how it affected her whole life 
that she couldn't be a mom. And I, I kind of felt bad laughing, but it is comedic, you know, like, I'm, was it I'm barren? Oh, and yeah. she just was like blubbering all over the place. And then it's like she took him to the doctor to prove it to him or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, you know, just quitting her job and everything and then stealing a kid because that makes so much sense. But they had five kids, Corey. I mean, let's be real. I never think that the children should outnumber the parents, but I feel like, and it should be you know. They had five, like a quintuplet, so it wasn't like they had five. All at once. Yeah, all at once they had five kids suddenly. Um, I really, that was one of the things where I said this movie has like the, the Cohen style because they return the baby and that scene where the, the dad catches them returning the baby, I found to be very, very important. Like I liked, it wasn't, it's hard to believe that if a person kidnapped your child and they brought it back, you would be forgiving. But I liked, I bought into how they set it up in the movie like yeah this guy this particular guy um and because this guy had ran into the evil bounty hunter character um he was more accepting to like you know the the reality that there are there's a blend of people because this guy was like i'm a bounty hunter this is what i do but then wanted like threatened to sell the child on the black market basically yeah and um, was trying to charge twice as much yeah. and all this stuff so it's like he's witnessed the the he's seen everything that there is to see and i i bought into him being forgiving especially cuz the wife wasn't there to make it you know like the 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 picture he paints is that she would have been more hysterical um and i was afraid for a second he was going to tell them to keep the baby <laughs> Be just because like that would have been the. It's the, fine. It's been the song. Yeah, you know you want them to, uh, you know you like oh you know what we have four other ones it's fine you clearly love this baby, but he, oh go ahead. He doesn't do that, but he does the closest thing I think you could with it being believable that he doesn't call the police, um, I, and he encourages them like don't give up you know you well, sometimes I mean, they're you like can't 60. have. Yeah, well, and we have five all of a sudden. You know, we had no babies, no babies, no babies. Now we have five. And um, just the idea that uh, he was kind to them and saw them as... And even, like, kind of encouraged them where they were ready to, you know, turn them... Like, we're, we're ruined, we're bad, we're going to divorce. And he, like, don't, don't do that yet. You know, sleep on it. And I just... I don't know. I felt like for the Coens... They often have kind of a fatalistic, negative type ending to their movies. Not always, but like you, you know, inside Lulu Davis, there's that kind of idea. It's not a happy ending per se because it's like he's doomed to repeat the events, and um, it's cyclical this process. And it, the whole movie's kind of a downer. Um, Hail Caesar, I actually think, ends on an upbeat, um, kind of like embracing the role that you have and not, you know, looking to. It's okay to to enjoy what you're doing i think um but kind of love scarlet you, this movie easily could have gone you know dark and it kind of goes upbeat where it's like you know what there's there's hope for everybody don't don't give up just because things are tough or um <laughs> you know because sometimes life is hard and it puts you at odds you know give give yourself an opportunity to to be okay with that and to it, you know, accept your limitations or whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I like that 
um sentiment in this movie where it's it's darkly funny and um it's not super dark i i'd say it's less dark than it could have been i mean how great is when goodman and um the other guy steal the baby to try to uh evil to steal the baby to try to get the ransom money um and then like they fall in love with the baby and they're being like dads to the baby i i thought that was super cute um, and when they forget the baby on the side of the road and they're screaming the whole thing Multiple back. times they for- forget the kid. Oh, it's so oh. great. It's so funny, though. I was so... I... Oh. I mean, I mostly... Alexa, stop. Yeah. God, that scared me. i on you. Um... And now, oh, so John Goodman, I feel like I these are the only movies I've seen him in are the Cohen movies. Mostly, I just know him from Roseanne, and I haven't watched like where they. You've you seen know. Ten Cloverfield Lane, though, right? Yeah, and I love him in that. Yes. Any, he's a. F- that movie. Yeah. Um, he's done some stuff, but uh, I feel I like I really have seen seen him and stuff i mean recently he's he was in kong skull island he was in atomic blonde um both recent films patriot's day he's um, such a good actor i just mm-hmm. oh i love john you know? goodman um and the cohen's use of him is always perfect oh brother art thou i love him in that movie oh yep oh so now that we've seen all the cohen films i did notice something interesting here when they get out of prison the first thing they do is get hair pomade and put it in their hair, and then there's oh! a, a joke later that Holly Hunter says something like, "What's that smell?" And I think it's referring to the hair pomade because when the bounty hunter goes looking for them, he finds the pomade in the bathroom and smells it, right? Mm-hmm. And then in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, George Clooney's character is obsessed with hair pomade, and when they get out of prison, one of the first things that he does is get some. And then uh, there's multiple comments about it. In fact, it's the reason that he's caught at the end because the dog's able to follow the scent of the pomade. Yeah. So I don't know like if there's – I've not noticed it in any of their other films. But for Raising Arizona and Oh Brother Were Arked Out, it both feature hair pomade, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I'd never heard the term pomade until Oh Brother Were Arked Out. I know it's a real thing. I, one, currently don't have hair. But two – uh, it's not a thing most people use in their hair now. They use gel or they use mousse, but pomade is not the go-to hair grease of your modern era. So I was not familiar with it outside of that movie. So seeing it here again, I'm like, okay, I need to do some research as to why the Coens brought this up at least twice, maybe more. Now I'm, I want to kind of scour through and see if anyone else has picked up on this. Um, but I was noticed, I noticed it uh, very much while watching this. I was like, hold up. That's weird to me that in two of their films, uh, 20 years apart almost, that a character utilizes hair pomade in a way that is impactful to the plot, at least to a little bit. Because again, the bounty hunters, he finds it. I mean, he doesn't, it's not like the be all end all of how he finds them, but still it's there. It's, it's relevant to the, the plot. So, Mm. oh, what about, uh, he's Sully in Monsters, Inc.? That's right. Yeah, I'm looking through. I've seen him in... Uh... He's in so many things. I know. It's, like, hard to read it all. I've seen Arachnophobia, and I watched oh. that recently, like, a year ago. Oh, I love him in Red State, actually. That's the Kevin Smith movie that, like... The babe. Kevin Smith theorizes what if uh, um, the Westboro Baptist Church weaponized. Oh, God, that sounds terrifying. It is. Oh, yeah, he's spe- in Speed Racer. He's Pops. 
freaking I really am. Apparently I really like he was TV. yellow in the Eminem's TV series. I didn't even know that was a thing I in 1994. That's crazy. Oh, he voiced Baloo in the animated Jungle Book sequel. Oh. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he's in tons and tons of movies. I, I really like Goodman a lot. Um, I forgot he was on uh, a couple of seasons of the Community. He was like the AC school uh, principal. Like, because um, Troy goes to the AC school like in year two, three, I think. I don't know if you've seen oh. Community, but great show. No. Love that show. Um, uh, but yeah, um, that's I kind of I got nothing else on Raising Arizona. I liked it. Um, I definitely want to visit it again. I would say, mm. um, unless is there anything else you want to specifically get into? Mm, no. Then I would say, um, for me, it's decent watch, leaning towards not quite golden, but I would I would right now put it squarely in kind of the decent watch territory. And I'm leaning the opposite way, a decent watch, a tad towards not a total waste of time. Oh, ouch. Okay. Well, that is our review of, uh, you know, Raising Arizona, our last Cohen movie for the month of November 2019, which means we have to take just a moment to talk about next month, December 2019, which as of last year, it looks like every December is going to be what we call through the cracks. And this is our opportunity, the last chance to see some 2019 movies uh, before the year ends, before we start talking about our favorite films of the year, um, before we get into like the Oscars and start looking at what movies we think are going to be on there. Um, so we look back throughout the year, and Corey and I find uh, some movies that we had not seen. Uh, we missed. They went through the cracks, hence the name. Um, and the uh, I don't think I've not seen any of the movies we're watching. I think you're in the same boat, right? You haven't seen any of these yet? Right. So works out all, all four movies this month are both uh, new movies for Corey and myself. However, we still both picked two. Uh, Corey picked the first one. We're going to be watching The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, and then the following week, we'll be watching High Life. Uh, then Love Antosha. Is that how you say that? I don't. I, that I makes, believe it is Antosha. Um, which is the documentary about Anton Yelchin, who Corey and I, if you've listened to the podcast, know we are huge, avid fans who are both very, very sad that he died so young. And then um, I have been wanting to see this movie uh, for two reasons. Um, we're going to be watching the last movie of 2019, uh, Her Smell. Um, Alex Ross Perry is the director, and he is a regular guest on Blank Check, which is that podcast that I absolutely love and I keep talking about. Um, and then uh, this movie stars Elizabeth Moth, Moss, who's had a hell of a year this year. Um, she is becoming an actress that if she's attached to a project, I am very, very into. Um, and it also has Dan Stevens, who I'm also a big fan of. Uh, I'm less a fan of Cara Delevingne, and I did not realize she was in oh, this until just now. God. But... Um, but I've already bought it, so we're watching it. And um, uh, but it's also a movie about uh, punk rock bands, and so I'm always into that kind of thing. Um, I like movie music, movies about musicians and such. Um, and uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco is an A24 film that is one of the few that I did not um get to see in a, a screening. Um, and then uh, her um High Life is a movie uh, that just got tons and tons of great reviews and it stars Robert Pattinson, who I have become a big fan of. Um, and so those are the ones that we've picked 
technically high life is 2018 i think it released at tiff or something last year but uh it was officially released in 2019 um and it's a claire denis film and she has done um other movies that i have not seen but i've heard great things about so um as a director i want to try to get into um yeah so i'm excited to give these movies a watch in the month of december we'll be starting again next week with our episode of the last black man in san francisco um we'd love to hear from you what are your thoughts what are some movies that we maybe should have watched from 2019 that we haven't seen yet uh or what did you think about the cohen's month you can hit us up on social media i'm at burke reviews and Corey. at Corey our star two arts on the end and uh in the meantime, we, you know, go back and listen to some of our old episodes. We've we've covered a lot of films over the last couple of years. Uh, we're looking to do uh, more movies next year, 2020. Not necessarily more movies, but we're going to do the same number of episodes we do now once a week uh, for the whole year. We've already started looking at our themes. I think it's going to be a fun year. Um, we're going to challenge ourselves with a couple, uh, especially because the Kubrick films we've not watched are all super long. So um makes Gosh. it harder. But, uh, <laughs> yeah we'll be getting into that stuff in the near future. So um, we look forward to hearing from you listeners. Thank you for giving us your time. Um, and as always, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie verse. There's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>